Hello and welcome to the April 1st, 2014 edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. Joining us today is Adam Vitali. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. How's it going with you? I've been busy this month, but doing good. Great. It's good to hear. Next up, Simon Chun. Dude, it's April Fool's. Why are we recording this on April Fool's? It's a joke. It's this... April Fool's, we're shutting down the site. Sorry, guys. It's, it's been almost eight years, and we decided now's a good time to quit. Let RPG fan have their way. Wait, 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 wait. I wasn't made aware of this. No, uh, it's fine. It's all right. We actually, we were planning on giving, like, a bunch of games away, but we took it back, so. Yeah. We'll, right. give, we'll give you, like, a like a leave paycheck. What is that called? Like, when, did they give you, like, pension? Like a pension? Don't they give you? Yeah, I don't know. Severance, Severance pay? Severance pay? pay? Yeah, yeah, that, that. Whatever the hell it's called. I don't, I don't know. Pension comes a lot later. Severance pay, yes. <laughs> not, even, not even five minutes in, oh. already dropping, like, F-bombs. All right. I'm sorry, guys. It goes away. It's fine. Good job. And then... <laughs> Leaving off in the darkness alone by himself, David Kreinberg. How's it going? What's oh, up? That's very nice of you to I'm, come in that I'm way. I'm just sleepy. So oh. go on with your bullshit show. Oh, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. April Falls. That's so sad. All right. Wait, let's that go. Joke? That was terrible. I'm sorry. That was awesome. <laughs> I, was, I don't even know what to say, man. It's great. No, it's fine. Let's continue it, it's on. It's April Fool's. I'm allowed to say things. It's yeah. the, it's fine. You know, it, it's great to be alive today because <laughs> March was an insane month for yep. RPGs. Oh my god! Like everything under the sun was being released, and the next two months, looking kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah like, all the way up until E3. My God, dude, I can't believe E3 is coming around really soon. That's that's actually. Bad. Pretty- it's that's like what, like uh, 65 days or something like that away? Yeah, Not even basically two yeah. months away. Two See, months away. So it's been 10 months. So it's been 10 months since we heard anything about Final Fantasy 15, right? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, well, they kind of touched about it saying, uh, please, please, please. We got please, that, what is it, two please. seconds of extra footage in TGS? Was that what it was? Man, people were nuts about that. <laughs> they actually were excited. And it's obviously things are getting kind of desperate nowadays. And I don't blame them. Yep. It's been really crazy how long they've stretched things out, especially as we were kind of talking about off the recording that they promised things to come a lot sooner than lies. what they did before. Don't believe in their lies. Don't believe in their lies. Don't believe in Uncle's lies. Uh, so that's unfortunate the way things have been, but um, we got some good news out of Square Enix just yesterday, apparently to the Nikkei Trendy. What's I I. They had an interview. Nikkei? Nikkei? Yes. Apparently they had an interview. Uh, who was the guy? Was it the... Um, Matsuda? Matsuda? Yeah, Matsuda. They had, they had an interview with Matsuda. The most incompetent CEO. The CEO of Square Enix. Had. Yes. Yeah. Apparently... He, hey! He just, what? God damn it. Okay, no. He's, he, he, yeah, well, he's, he's gone. It's fine. Uh, well, no, Iwata's not gone, but... What Wada? Wada. I said Wada. Wada. Not Iwata. Wada. Not Iwata. Wada. No, I said Wada. Okay. Stop putting words in my mouth. It's fine. He, Wada was a nice guy. He just... He was Imperial Hot. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I'm dying. That's an interesting laugh, Simon. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, So he basically said something that basically everyone's been pulling apart these past couple... This past 24 hours, how that it didn't. They realized with Bravely Default that fans love 
the heavier, quote unquote heavier JRPGs, which was like, oh, what? Then I get, and, and so they want to go forward. They want to make games for the core gamer and for the, the, they want to make Japanese games, Japanese RPGs for the Japanese audience, which is something like, you know, apparently all these other companies have already figured out a long time ago. Square Enix just now coming around saying, oh, you guys like that? You don't like us? Stereotyping? It's oh well then I guess we should go this way. So I love it how it took them for a game that they did not localize. They had the opportunity of localizing in the West for them to realize, oh shit, we should go back to our roots. This game is the number eight selling uh, title. You think they'll localize Bravely Second? Yeah, sure, sure, Uh, of course. I think it's it's kind of funny. I mean, first of all. Uh, a lot of that interview, I felt kind of like fluff, you know, PR speak. Like, yes. oh, we're going to, uh, we're, it's like, obviously paraphrasing here. It's like, oh, we're going to do things differently and be better now. Like, okay, now that's, that's one thing to say it, now do it. Um, but also, the thing that I took away from most of the article that Zach uh, mentioned already is that it seems like they were trying to be too regional at first. Like, okay, there's the Japanese audience in Japan, and there's the American audience in America. But I think what they were saying is they realized that there are JRPG fans not only in Japan, but in America. And it's, I think it's kind of ironic how they didn't even bring over Bravery Default on their own. They had Nintendo help them there. Um, but this was what it was like. I think Nintendo helped them. I think I think Nintendo is like, you're not going to re- localize this. Can we do this, please? Okay, yeah, I mean, take yeah, it. Help. This is this is but, the kind of thing that happens a lot. Like I remember Shane Bettenhausen talking about way back when, when he was trying to localize some of these other games. And Vic Ireland, when I interviewed him at E3 <laughs> a couple years ago, he was talking about how it's, it takes a lot of effort to convince someone in Japan to bring their game over. It seemed really odd that Square Enix was one of those kind of groups, but. It's it's so weird, and now like news coming out like yesterday, how Capcom had a split. I, I think apparently like they had to cut their forecast in half because yeah, their well, the mobile business was wasn't doing so well. Shit. Yeah, so it's like now Breath of Fire Six coming out soon. It's like guys, <laughs> guys, come on, let's get this together. Let's think about this for a moment. Uh, we do understand that mobile gaming is huge in Japan. Apparently, it takes up like half of the industry in Japan is focus is is mobile. So well, the problem, the, the, okay, there's, so there's like two things to take away from this. First of all, going back to the idea of like, who, so who's going to localize Bravely second? So I think this is going to be like the same situation as like Demon's Souls and Dark Souls was. So like people expected Atlas to publish mm-hmm. Dark Souls because, I mean, Namco wasn't going to freaking bring over Demon's Souls. Um, so I think the same thing will happen. I think Square Enix is going to take back the rights to localize Bravely second. I mean, they yeah. have the rights anyway, so whatever, fuck it, why not? Yeah, they'll, they'll do it, yeah, they'll <laughs> yeah. do it. So like that'll be the that'll be the biggest thing. Uh, going back to like, I don't. The problem is like all these like Japanese game developers they pump so much like money. I'm gonna just say R and D just for the fuck of it. Uh, why not? Uh, they put so much uh, R and D into like developing these games, and like only one out of like I'm exaggerating 30, 30 games that they develop come out. I'm like what the fuck? Like why? Why would you do this? Like it's such a that's not, business. It is it is business. But, like, that's not how, like, that's not how every market sort of, like, you don't see that from a single developer. You do that, you see that from multiple sources. So, like, a bunch of game developers putting out a single game, and then one of them becomes a success while the others become not as much of a success. One developer is creating multiple games, expecting it to, expecting, like, to hit, like, that golden bullet or whatever, silver bullet or whatever bullshit. Like, it is, it makes no sense for, like, a single company to 
flood the market and sort of like saturate it with their own shit and then expecting it to succeed. It's it's kind of funny because it's kind of like if you take a look at, for example, the handheld market um, here, the regular like 3DS and Vita, none of the you don't really see Western developers that interested in developing. I should say indie gamers, indie developers are definitely focused on that stuff because it's easy for them to port now. But like some of the bigger developers, they're not interested really in developing for those handhelds, but you see tons of people in Japan doing it, and then you have companies localizing that stuff, so it's like totally different. Is it, is, do you guys think it's kind of like a region thing, where they they, they have different idea of what platform to focus on their fo- time and efforts on? Maybe? I mm. I, don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like, okay, so I think it's like the same situation as the, uh, the mobile situation in Japan is the same situation um, that the console market had uh, a couple years back. Everyone wanted to hit that fucking Call of Duty stats. Like, we all need to make shooters. We all need to get, like, freaking awesome uh, revenue, like, you know, that's, Call of Duty. That's what they want Final Fantasy to be. They want to be the next Call what, what they say? Was it Final Fantasy that they said they want to make the next Call of Duty? Like, try to sell as well or something like that? I, I don't know. But, like, the point is, like, they they were all trying to aim for something that was, like, outside of their area of expertise. Like, and then try to succeed at it. And I'm like, why are you, like, your fans are so invested in, like, stuff like Celeste Square Enix. Your fans were so invested in, like, high-quality JRPGs. Like, why are you focusing so much on, on like, a market, mass market? A market mass that market. is super fickle. Like, that's also one of the problems. Is, like, the mobile market is extremely fickle. Like, well, I, remember, I remember him bringing it up in that interview talking about how the problem with Hitman Absolution, the most recent one, is that they try to make a mass market instead of appealing to those who huh. are big fans of the stealth genre, thus alienating their only... I don't think that's true. Uh, <laughs> but it's, I think it's, it's something to consider that by trying to create a game that's more mass market friendly, they're of course forgetting those. Like they're, they're not looking at, they're not focusing in on the specifics that made that series so popular to begin with. Sure, I, mean, okay, I guess that's one way to say it. The way I'm reading it is that hey, you know, we didn't understand our audience, so we made a bad game. But they're trying to put the blame on the fans. They're like, oh, well, the mar- uh, the market that we were trying to appeal for didn't like it, and I'm like, well, fuck you. I don't know. It's it's. The problem that I have, though, is that that if their idea of not making it mass market is that they instead want to ga- make games like heavier JRPGs, it's like, no, it's I don't need you to make it super traditional and super old school and things like that. Like, like making a mockery of it and just make, let's say, oh, like you really get me. It's more that, hey, why don't you like make characters that I actually care about, you know, than stories that I actually want to follow along with. You mean you don't the care about lightning? You don't care about lightning? It's. It wasn't so much lightning, and, and to be perfectly honest, it was that I could not follow Final Fantasy Thirteen story because they were creating like new story. It, the all the the language, everything about that story was hard to follow. And it's like, hey, read this book to understand the story. It's like I don't. What happened to like the old times? Like with Chrono Trigger, I didn't need to read anything. The story pretty much put out in front of me what I needed to do, and I was I was good enough even as a kid to follow along and know what I had to do next. And But in Final Fantasy thirteen, it's like, it's it, it, just my head hurt. I mean, obviously it's like, well, there's a narrow passageway. You just have to follow this narrow map and you can get to where you need to go. Yeah, it's sure. I just, it was following the logic in my head getting from point A to point B. I haven't been able to really get into it. Because I don't like the characters. I can't care about the story. 
And it's really odd that now they're talking about having Japanese games that appeal to Japanese people and then so forth. It's like, part of me is like, well, what does that mean for us? Um, but also it's that Kapal Heart, I remember a year or two ago, they announced their Galapagos RPG brand that they put out. I it was that thing where, yeah, I don't know what, it's a collection of violence. But no, it's, it's that they wanted to make very super niche, very super uh, focused Japanese games, which I was like, well, they, they've been kind of doing that for a while, but it's, I guess that's why. They're not doing anything know. different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've been very, I mean, obviously, Neptunia and, like, all their Mugen Souls and all those other games, Idea Factory and Kapala Heart have been doing, because they are working together. They've been making games like that for a long time, so I just wonder what exactly this means, because they've been, they've been talking about doing this for a while. I remember when The World Ends With You came out, they said the exact kind of, same thing almost, that they wanted to get back to what made us great. And it's like, I don't know if you guys are really serious this time. I know. Adam was talking about it, too. I remember Adam brought it up about how I, I'm waiting to find out. Hey, about what? <laughs> about how you felt that they need to show something before you actually believe it. Oh, that's what you're referring to. Oh. Yeah. They just Basically, they just uh, said uh, that, like, we... We've learned our lesson, and we know what we know that people like JRPGs or something like that. And it's just like, okay, what does that mean? Fucking obvious. Like, what in terms of actual things you're going to do now? What does that mean? I mean, like, what does it mean? It's like, what part of the last like ten years haven't they gotten? You know, it's I don't I don't mean to express frustration because you know sometimes obviously they put out some good titles in the past several years that, you know, I've, I've actually kind of enjoyed. But it's like, you think this is, to say it's long overdue is, like, putting it lightly. Like, what happened, like, before, like, obviously with WADA going on, obviously you have a new CEO from last year, but, like, where exactly were your heads at, you know? And obviously you've got all these people upset. I don't... It's it's not, not to sound entitled or something like that, but it's like, yeah, no shit. Like... <laughs> Like serious, it's I, 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 it's just baffling that so, they would say something like that and like, hey, do you have any kind of like, you know, self awareness about this? Like, uh, yeah, you, you think that the title's most revered, like the world ends with you. Like it was the first time Nomura actually put out something completely original in a while, and then that was big, and then ah, eh, we'll shit all over it from now on. Let's put a mobile release out, and then ah, oh, we'll live without that. So it's like, and then Kingdom Hearts started off promising, and then now it's just like, they put out so many releases. I mean, obviously people still love those games, so I'm not going to say they're terrible or something. I'm just saying that back in the day, I'm not, I hate to sound old, but it, like the best part about like the late 90s and 2000s was that they were putting out like, every few months, they put out like a, a brand new RPG kind of thing, like, well, z- this game is too dark for Final Fantasy VII, so let's change it and make it Xenogears. It's like, what happened to those days? And then Dracogard 3 gets localized, you're like, whoa, that's It was easier it's, to develop for, it was easier to develop games back then than it is now. I mean, like, it's, but it's, it's also this like, misunderstanding that I feel that they need to make this high quality, like, they pushing the blame onto the consumer saying like, well, there's the high demand of people who want high quality titles from us, that that's why it's costing so much. And we got to it's like, what the fuck do you think like handheld games are, you know? It's like, they're not high budget, like, they're the fraction of the, they still cost millions of dollars to make on a handheld, but 
it's like you got Shin Megami Tensei 4 coming out like on the handheld device. I'm not saying that we need the next Final Fantasy to be a handheld game, although that'd be interesting. I'm just saying that it's like, why does it always have to be this way? You know, why does it have to be like a big game that takes several years to develop? We have to hire like 400, 500 people to make this game that costs like $60 million. It's like, it doesn't have to be that way. Square was always kind of like obsessed with pushing, pushing like the uh, technology and stuff of anything. But now it's like they, they don't really know what's going on. Final Fantasy VII, they used to say it was like their idea of what, because they, they were looking forward to the time when it could be, you know, a movie. You know, it's yeah. like, it's, it's uh, this great graphics, you know, like, they were waiting for the time when they weren't held back by the technology. They could make this beautiful orchestrated soundtrack and, you know, the graphics that blow people away. They said that 13 was kind of their thing. But I remember an interview um, uh, with Katasi, and he basically said how they, we did our best, we did some of the best work. He would, re- like, reminisce about how when they were making, like, Chrono Trigger and stuff like that, where they used to be hindered by the, by their budget, by the technology, and so they had to focus on taking advantage of what they could at the time. It's like... Limitations man. breed creativity. Exactly, and that's... Uh, but that's, it's, it's not a good... Yeah, who knows? Yeah. It's, it's yeah, sad, I guess, it's in, in a way, but I can honestly say that it's... I'm glad they're, they're saying it. It's just that not. how long is it going to take before we find out if anything's going to come of it? You know, it's because yeah. yeah. after if they're just starting now, then that's a few years away before anything that they start now gets released. Because all they have so far, like they have nothing for the rest of the year except for Kingdom Hearts 2.5, you know, and muttered uh, soul, murdered souls, which was supposed to be out by the way Q1 this year. Yeah, but then they decided to make it for the next consoles, which I'm sure went into their budget once again because they had to develop it for the next consoles, which I don't really know why they would do that, but whatever. But um, there's that. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. I hope they kind of pull out. But at, at this point in time, there's so many other game companies developing games that I care way more about. So it's like, uh, it's, it's, it's great. But then Namco's over here and Falcom's over here and all these other companies. I think Namco's done a pretty good job, at least. Yeah. They've most part. haven't forgotten who they where they came from. At least I think that way. Even if Tails was not doing so well a few like not too not too long ago. But yeah. yeah. A lot anyway. of games speaking of Namco, um a particularly uh, hyped up game came out this uh well it's April now, but like this past month. What was that? I don't know. It starts with the D and ends with Arc Souls two. It's pretty good. Give another hint. Um yeah. I don't know. It's an extremely, it's an extremely hard game. They, um, my parents never taught me how to I almost broke a controller playing it, actually. Um, that doesn't surprise don't say. me. <laughs> don't say. The yeah, topic. it's... Uh, granted, I almost broke my controller playing the first game, so... Um, yeah, so the game I'm talking about, is obviously, if you didn't get it, it's Dark Souls 2. Um, I think it's... I think it was one of the most anticipated, like, RPGs, if not, like, the most anticipated RPG of this year. Like... For you? Yeah. Is that... No, I think for, like in general, in general. I think the only thing I think, yeah, I think the only thing that was like possibly completing against it was Witcher three, but that yeah. got delayed, and people were like, "Well, fuck, I guess we gotta now look forward to Dark Souls two now, February fourteenth or whatever it's gonna be." Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so like a lot of people had this uh, like hype revolved around it. Um, there was a lot more mainstream coverage for this game than yeah, previously, yeah. which is is good. But uh, the act, like towards the uh, game's release, um, obviously there was some controversy in regards to how the game looked actually in game, compared to how it, you know how it was uh, 
Target. It was targeted. Yeah, targeted like, like that, yeah. so the build before, like, the, the the final build does not match up to what the builds were previously. There's some huge graphical discrepancy. Um, the engine, uh, like, the features that were touted in the engine initially are just not there. Um, so, obviously, the dynamic lighting is not so dynamic anymore. Textures are completely flat, sort of. Uh, just, really? Yeah, so graphically, it does not look as good as the first, just the first game. Uh, really? Oh, no, the first game, sorry. Uh, the earlier builds of the game. Oh, okay, I was going to say, I was like, I hope it's at least a step up. That is actually side. the least of my issue, issues of the game. Uh, my primary issue of the game was that it was a technical mess in that, like, the game was running 20 FPS, like, on, on, the, the, on the PS3, like, on the console. And I'm like, like, 30 FPS, I'm like, I, it's all right. 30 FPS is pretty good because that's, like, that's the standard. That's, yeah, that's the console standard. That's pretty good. Obviously, people want 60 FPS. Um, that the, console, the PC version is going to be uh, hopefully not capped and it'll run at 60. But, yeah, people were, like, excited. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's, let's do this. And I'm like, well, shit, it doesn't run as good. Um, there are some screen tearing on the 360 versions. The PS3 version has, like, frame rate problems, like, up the wazoo. Like and it's uncapped too, by the way. So like sometimes it'll run at 30 FPS or like 40, oh. and other times it'll run at fucking like. It just God knows what. Yeah, it's like it's terrible. But oh. uh, overall, like the game design is still pretty good. It's souls. It's it's hard. Like, um, it's. How's, how's the soundtrack? Is it still as good? Uh, yeah, so the soundtrack is a bit disappointing too. <laughs> oh, Man, I am oh. just like bashing this game. Okay, they, the game is good. Like the game, I give it an eight for a reason because it still has that. Like the combat is still great. Um. What makes the Soul series um, great is still there. Um, uh, like the enemy design is pretty good. Um, the weapons are really fun to use. Uh, there's a lot of great magic spells. Uh, the lore is interesting. Granted, if it's like it follows the same narrative style as Dark Souls One, um, but yeah, the soundtrack is not so. It's not as great. Like it, there's not as memorable tunes, and it's not as sure. diverse. It's just a lot of there's a lot of drum pounding. There's a lot of songs with drum pounding. I'm like, what the fuck? Why? Like, why do every why does every song sound the same almost? And like, <laughs> like I don't want to bash like the composer for it. Like it just it wasn't that great of a job. Not only that, but like uh, the bosses, like the first four bosses, play like the exact same. And I'm like, what the shit? Oh, I'm like, really? Yeah, it's terrible. Like, like the first four bosses are like extremely terribly designed. I'm like, who designed this shit? Is it like because they're very straightforward, or is there any particular reason for that? Like, what, what, yeah, they're straightforward. They all do the stupid same slash like, really wide slash that you can, like, read. Like, you can see it coming from, like, fucking Mount Everest if you're, in, like, trying to look at the Great Wall of China. Like, holy shit. Like, it's so bad. Like, it's terrible. Like, like at, at one point, at one point, I was drinking with my left hand, just clicking circle backstep because it was so fucking easy to dodge this shit. I'm like, I'm like, is this real? Like, am I dodging this shit with one hand? Like, it was terrible. But... Uh, it, I, I assume, though, it gets progressively more difficult, because yeah, you say you break a control almost. Yeah, so there were some, like, I would say a lot of the times I'd say the regular mobs were a lot more difficult to fight than the actual bosses. Um, there was one particular boss that I had a fucking hellishly horrible time with, because I just wasn't prepared for it, and um, I won't spoil, like, what the type of boss is, but it's called Lost Center, and it's, like, the absolute worst boss I've ever played in a video game. It is the most, and it's not because the boss is like particularly hard, but it's because like the extreme, the design is extremely gimmicky. Like it relies on one single trick to like totally fuck you up. 
Wow. Okay, so, but it's, is it that they're more difficult and that they're cheap, or does it actually take more sales? You're like, what, what part is difficult? Is it, is it is like the one that's frustrating, or is it the one that's forgiving? Uh, one that's frustrating. It's not oh. rewarding, really, to overcome the challenges, in, like many of the challenges is in Dark Souls 2. So, like, Man, you're, you're really selling me. It's because Dark Souls 1, I heard people were so, happy because yeah, it was rewarding. Yeah, Dark Souls 1 is, like, my favorite game of, like, the generation, probably, right next <laughs> to, like, Arkwright Fantasia, but, like, like, yeah, people give a lot of shit for, like, the latter half of Dark Souls. I would say the latter half of Dark Souls 2 is much better than, like, the first half of Dark Souls. And, like, that was kind of like a Dark Souls 1 for people I talked to. Isn't that kind of like it? Uh, like the, the first half wasn't it. It was kind of good. But then the second half of Dark Souls was people got way more into it. I don't know. I don't I don't know. But, like, it's it's good. I, I mean, it, it is good. There's a lot of merit. You will love it for it being dark, more Dark Souls. You will hate it that it doesn't really differentiate itself from Dark Souls 1 and that it sort of falls short on, like, many of the aspects that sort of, like, like the quality doesn't transi- translate hey, over well. Simon. Yeah. I'm curious. Uh, I've, I haven't played Dark Souls, so I'm speaking from ignorance, but I've seen a lot of it played. Uh, you, talked, you talked a little bit about the combat and some of the encounters, but how about, like, the other parts of the gameplay, like world traversal, you know... Yeah. Loot, economy, or uh, how you sell things with your souls, and you know, I again, I'm speaking from ignorance, but how, how about those parts of the game compared to the first? Uh, I would say I actually prefer the traversal much better because you're not spending around. Um, you can warp from area to area, which is like really nice, and I enjoyed that uh, about Demon Souls. Um, I like that it's it's two it's two very so Dark Souls one, it was all one world. You couldn't warp from bonfire to bonfire until late game. Uh, here you can do it from the get-go, and um, Whoa. yeah, and it's really nice. Um, That's good. Yeah. But the thing is, each area is much smaller and condensed, so it doesn't feel really intricate. There aren't many shortcuts. You're not discovering. Oh, hey, this is a really cool. You can't fall down from here and end up in some weird path. Yeah, it's, it doesn't work like that, which Whoa. is a, a tad disappointing. It sort of sucks, but like at the same time, like I think it's sort of nice that like it's tighter maybe like yeah, it's better it, more, maybe. yeah it, it, it's, it, it gives you much more bite-sized experiences and you're like oh this is really cool I like it um, things of that effect so traversal I would say is both good and bad good because you get to go for wherever you want at, at any point in the game but bad in that like the areas themselves aren't very like they're not they're not cleverly designed and that's partially because actually you can transport everywhere like, do you yeah. understand what I'm saying? I, I, I understand that. <laughs> yeah. So um, maybe they'll change that, and, like, if there's another Souls game, maybe they'll change that to have, like, bigger areas, or, like, they'll limit how you can sort of... I, like, I thought of the... I pondered the idea of, like, they should have had an item where you can warp from place to places. Like, you Quick need that travel. Fast travel? Yeah, Quick like, travel it, is always a tricky thing. You, do, you know, you don't, you, you don't want to make it tedious so people have to revisit and re-explore areas over and over and over again, but I think you you can go too far if you make it so, so easy to just click a button and go wherever you want. You know, you have to yeah, balance. Yeah, it would take away from it's like all the work they put into the actual environment. Yeah, you have to balance it somehow, whether it's by limiting how you, tra- by limiting how many or how often you can uh, you can warp or where you can warp to. Oh yeah, so. for sure. Just, the, just to the bonfires, maybe, <clears throat> if, you, if you have to like warp back to bonfire or something, but then that you can just kill yourself and probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so like Skyrim does. I think Skyrim actually does a good job in all in all honesty. Like Skyrim, mm-hmm. like Wind Waker, just have a map on the grid and you have to go to a specific spot on the grid. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Like, 
like the reason why I say it's like you want like you want to explore, so you're gonna explore every single area, and then like once you're done, like it's still like sort of magical to go from place to place. You're like, oh, I never encountered that before, uh, but you still have the option of fast traveling. Like with Dark Souls, it's like I don't think each each area you have to go through them, but once you go through it, like you don't really feel that urge to go through it again because why the fuck would I go through it and fight enemies that are that were annoying as fuck to kill the first time and I got mobbed last time? Or I guess I think there's like DLC maybe or something like that. I guess, but like the, also the thing is, if you kill enemies in a zone a certain amount of times, they won't they'll stop spawning. Which I mean, really? <laughs> I've yeah. only seen that. I thought that was only like kind of like the bosses that became enemies or something like that in Dark Souls One where that happened. But this yeah. is actually with regular spawns too. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Oh, so it's just like going through like a very quiet area now or something? Yeah, I mean, it's, I, don't, I guess oh. it's 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 just like. Like they're saying, oh, oh well, yeah, they, they just go disappear. They just disappear after a while. They'll come back like after you like explore other zones, but like for the most part, it just dies. Or like, do they come back if you like use humanity or something like that, or is that it? Yeah, so like, there's like you can use items to buff up enemies too, which is nice. Um, oh, like so, like that's another reason to like come back to an area because like certain bosses spawn or like parts become hotter, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. I, I, I actually kind of like that. This is maybe more of an MMORPG thing, but yeah. in an RPG that has like some sort of realized world like that, and it's not really like a linear story-driven RPG, you know, it kind of feels ingenuine if you have like, oh, I did this area and I'm done with it, and I'm gonna go to the next area and be done with it, and like, right. like, like, like things you kind of go through once and never again, and like check it off a list. Like, yeah. I think it's better if it's like an area that. You know, it's just another area of the game with multiple reasons to be there, or multiple things to do there. Sometimes maybe coming back to it to do certain things. Like uh, I, in in open world or op- more open games like Dark Souls, or at least what I understand of Dark Souls, I, I I definitely appreciate that. I think. Oh yeah, for sure. It's because it, it's a living and breathing world. It's not like and this cut it off and this cut it off. Yeah, rather it's, rather than being like a place that you are that you go through once and then you're done with it. Like it's like a thing that you only do once. Like that doesn't that doesn't feel genuine as an actual place in this world. It like doesn't feel organic. You know, at all. Right. Yeah. It's, oh yeah. It's, like actually, just just make it like a different. You know, not not just something that you like traverse through as like a path to get to the end, you know, it's just a, it's just another place you can visit for whatever you need to visit for. Like, kind of like, I actually kind of think about the Fallout games when I think about that. There's yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. Yeah. obviously there's like early game places and, and, and late game places, but like, the, you, there's many things you can do in each at various points of the game rather than like, oh, you go through that place in the first hour and then you're done with it and you never well, touch it again. It's, yeah, yeah so, it's obviously for the longevity of the game too, like if you don't want to have to beat the game to do go back there, it's like, well, I can always come back and play this area. Pretty much. Kind of like that? Oh. Yeah. So, That's yeah. Dark Souls in a nutshell. Uh, it's a great game. Pick it up if you, like, enjoyed the first one. But don't or if you're waiting for the PC release. Yeah, I would say actually wait for the, probably for the PC release if you have... Hopefully it's not as gimped as the original release. I, no, I, they... Everything they've said so far is that they're fully aware of all the problems that happened with the original PC uh, release. They're, the original game, I mean. They plan on not making that happen. It's not going to look like the earlier builds. It'll be a better... It'll run... Te- it'll technically run... It'll run technically better than the the 360 version and the PS3 versions. But, like, don't expect, like, the super dynamic lighting, like, and stuff, like, come back. That's what the fans are for. They'll do that. Yeah, like that's, what, that's what Durant will do. Thanks, Durant. Yeah, Durant will the do that for us. <laughs> Thanks. We appreciate yeah. what you do for us, Durant. 
rumor has it it's apparently it's supposed to be April 25th, but um, it'll come out. Tell, but it'll, it's likely to come out then. I've always yeah. pronounced his name in my head, Durante. Durante. That's actually what I was thinking. Yeah, too. it is Durante. It is it. Oh, I just pronounced yeah. Durant. But I was like, why would he put an E at the end? <laughs> um, of course, we're talking about the guy who fixed up Dark Souls One's PC release by removing the stupid limit and the crazy. Was it the four like the four by three resolution that it had? Ugh, it's such a bad release. But they, like I said, the developers seem like they're going to turn things around with this one. So we'll see. Apparently, was it Durante also the guy who fixed like the Delhi Premonition PC release as well? That guy, yeah, always coming back to help. That's the that's how he got famous for it. Well, not famous in quotation marks, but yeah, you get known by people outside of Gaff. Apparently, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So, of course, Dark Souls 2 came out. Let's see. Obviously, another big release, Final Fantasy X and X2 HD. Yep. So I don't play I don't know how you feel about those games. Really don't like them, but how do you guys... <laughs> you guys played it. Uh, did all of you guys play it? Yes, I played I haven't beaten it yet, but... <clears throat> yeah, I haven't beaten it either. Origins, then, yeah. Yeah, I, I have, yeah, I played both. I played both the games in the remaster, so... Oh, my gosh, are you serious? I've completed one, and... Okay. On this yeah. is 10 so... How about we talk then ten two? Let's everyone talks about ten. Why don't you guys talk about ten two? Okay, okay. Uh, actually, I'll I'll love to talk about ten two. So, ten two I think is probably now I hate this word, so but I'm going to use it anyways. Is a very underrated game. Like I think a lot of people kind of assume what it is and don't actually see some of the you know the good things about it, which would be some of the mechanics in the battle system. I do like the, the battle, battle system in the game and in. in it probably is the best battle system oh, yeah, in the franchise. It's, it's I like it a lot more than tens. I like it a lot more than a lot of the Final Fantasy games, so I definitely agree. Okay, just kind of a general comment on a personal opinion. I've never been a big fan of ATB, which is the typical Final Fantasy yeah. uh, battle system, where you basically it's 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 called turn based, but you don't really take turns. You kind of wait for uh, a gauge to fill, and then you can it's make an action. Based. And depending on the action, you, you know. You might have to wait longer for the next action, and you know, just pe- enemies and the characters kind of all go whenever they can. So right. status effects and stuff right. like that that could stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've never been a big fan of that, and it's hard for me to maybe articulate why exactly. I think it's because I feel like I'm waiting too often. So one thing that Final Fantasy Ten Two did is they kind of sped everything up, which I think is you know it's a small thing, but I think it helped a lot. Um, but not only that, but it's kind of got this Grandia esque timing involved as well yeah. to, to a larger effect uh, than other games where you can you can affect the enemy's attack timing by hitting them at certain times and certain skills and certain status ailments so you can actually benefit your strategy by like timing your attacks to hit a certain enemy at a certain time which will delay their movement uh, and so on um, so that's one part of it uh, but also of course the other big component of Final Fantasy X-2's battle system is its job system kind of overlaying it. Um, it's funny. It's the first time that they used that job system since, what, like, 5? Yes. Yeah, yeah. it's so, such a bummer. <laughs> it's a lot like Final Fantasy V. One way in, it's, in which it's actually different is that you can only use skills from the jobs you are currently in. So that's actually a, a one thing that is less is more restricting than Final Fantasy V where you could have yeah. a sub-skill. Uh, however, the big difference is you can change in battle, 
Um, and you can do it seamlessly too uh, if you if you turn off animations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah turn that off. You'll be quick. Yeah. And it's it's very quick. No animation at all. It's just seamless. So what this means, at least for me, when I'm playing is, uh, and maybe in Final Fantasy V, which I I played recently and I love it. Uh, Final Fantasy V, you might approach a battle by setting up a certain combination of classes and characters yeah. and kind of a lot of pre-battle. It's a lot of yeah, pre-battle. Yeah, yeah. You, exactly. You'd set that up. And then you'd, like approach, like, you'd approach the battle that way. With Final Fantasy X-2, you can do that still, of course. However, there's a little bit more of a reactionary component to it. Like, oh, I could, it would be helpful for me to change this character into an alchemist or whatever to use this ability for a couple of turns and then to change her into something else. Uh, so you can kind of go on the fly, which is you know, a pretty significant difference. So it, it ends up, all, all this together, kind of culminating in a fast, uh, frantic but not too frantic, uh, system that's just kind of a blast to play and to react to every situation. And, uh, it's just, a, it's, it ends up being just very, very fun. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate, I, I very much appreciate 10 for what it is. Um, I think a lot of people, I think, and it's probably the case for most people, a lot of people give it flack for its like narrative, like, <laughs> I miss. They, who knew that having a concert in the Thunder Plains was always such a great idea? I was like, like, why would you do this? I don't know. You had this big concert hall at the beginning of the game that you did this huge thing about, but then let's just do this at the at the Thunder Plains. I always thought that was the greatest. But it's thunders coming down. Who cares? I was going to die. Just like, why would you do that? Now, and I compared push them into the elevator. It's just <laughs> oh, I hated that part. <laughs> so I could never control it. Right, they kept moving to the side. Wait, so which part was this? I don't remember. Yeah, I haven't started ten two yet. There's a little side um, game thing where you get yeah. the, you get the musicians and you can push them in the elevator. And it's like but they're like static. So you have to push them. It's yeah. like the jankiest little thing ever. Oh, God, get, I do remember that And now. you can't lock yeah. on, so you're just, yeah. like, running against them. Like, just the so static terrible. camera so that you can't adjust. Anyways, uh, the, the actual, if we're talking specifically narrative itself, as in the events that happen, I really don't think it's awful. Like, there's some good okay. idea. Yeah, the concert, I'll, I'll give the concert flag, but the, the actual, like, the stuff they showed in the concert was actually pretty cool. Like, the song itself was actually really good. Like well, what I'm talking first. about is, like, okay, so... All girl following, the, following, the, following the event of <laughs> Fantasy X, there's two new factions that want to kind of change the world now in different manners. Like, okay, yeah, that's yeah. an interesting idea. That's Kevin an interesting idea. And, uh, what's it called? The Youth League. Yeah, Youth League. League, right. And so they want to, they wanna, you know, they're a little bit butting heads um, there. Uh, so, and then some parts of the narrative kind of call back to some of the history of this game world, Sphera, talking about the war between uh, the two cities, which are Xanarkin and Bevel. And then they, they tie that into kind of this ghost apparition character who is, this is where the narrative gets a little confusing, who is the character that Titus looks like, the main character, or Titus. I, I pronounce it Titus in my head still. That's fine. Uh, and, I mean, it's a little bit confusing, but I don't think that part is totally awful. The part that probably disappoints me most, again, if we're talking about narrative specifically, is that the conflict revolves around a super weapon. And super weapons are... He's got, like, a sweet organ that he plays on, though. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Super weapons, yeah. in my opinion, are, like, the most boring conflict device you can come up with. Oh, yeah. this bad guy has oh, yeah. a super weapon, and we have to stop him. It was cool uh, in 7, but then they kind of overplayed it. The, one, the part about the game that really is probably what gets the most flack is more the tone rather than the narrative. Like that like, J- yeah. super J-pop, oh, not J-pop, but like, you know, like that super, 
Shoot, mm-hmm. girls, girls, uh, pop group slash, I don't know, like, how to exactly uh, say it. For instance, like, you know, one of the girls will, will say something, you know, I don't even know how to say it as cool. And then, like, faux, <laughs> faux, tough, I think is what my brother actually called it, faux tough, when he was watching. Uh, uh, but, and then, like, the girls will kind of, like, hop around, giving each other high fives, like, yeah, we can do it. And it's just like, uh, <laughs> yeah, we showed them. Right. Yeah. It's girl power or something like that, but yeah. Yeah, so it's it's got like this poppy, like, like almost it's like, like insulting women kind of. It's kind of weird. It's like, oh, they don't like that. It's like, like I, I don't think some of the characterizations are totally without merit, but there's just a lot of this tonality there. It's just like I could do without this. That's true. It's it but felt like very teenage. They basically turned like. everyone into Riku. Yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. That's yeah. It's, Yuna did become Riku like that point. That's, that's I mean, they true. are cousins, but who cares? Yeah. So, but otherwise, though, I mean, I don't. Considering the battle system itself is just like like Simon said, might be the best in the entire series. It's yeah. it's a great evolution of like the job system, and you hope that like if future games would use it, like if tactics, for example, came out again. I don't know. Actually, it would it be all right if. You could change, like, jobs on the fly in the middle of battle or something like that, but it'd be interesting to see what they could do with that. I, I just wanted to come back, and I'm glad Ten Two did such a good job with it, you know, if they were yeah. going to use it. So... It just shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's the other way of branching out. Bravely Default was, like, one way of branching out from, like, Final Fantasy V, like, battle system, and, like, uh, what's it called? Um, shoot, how do I say it? I forgot. TV? Uh, yeah, like... Bravely Falls one way of branching out from the FF5, and then FF10 2 is another way of branching out from the FF5. Just two different routes, like same routes. Yeah, it's a nice take take. Of battle, yeah. It's just a nice take on yeah. the m- mechanics without being a total carbon copy, and you know, just kind of making it a little bit of its own thing. You know, there's there's really yeah. no other job system like it. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it sucks that they have to kind of focus to make it like. Like, let's pull it in Final Fantasy XI and fourteen, which it makes it great, but then it's like, yeah, it's, of course you've got to have jobs in those games, but and they have the sub-jobs and stuff like that, which is great. It's just that, you know, I'd, I'd love for them to do it again in one of the single-player games, for sure. Yeah. So maybe, but... Are you guys... I'm just curious. Through. Are you guys playing on the Vita or the PS3? PS3. Yeah, PS3. <laughs> really? I guess I'm the only one who pl- who bought it for the Vita because I think it, it plays pretty spectacular. Is, are they actually? There's one thing I'm curious. Are there frame rate drops on the PS3 version? Only in the first Final Fantasy X, there were some in summon animations. Like when you have Yuna summon an Aeon, there could be some, but that was typically Shiva just off. destroys everything. Right. <laughs> okay. Because I run into a lot of frame rate problems in like. Uh, mm-hmm. In. And, uh, the original, like there, there are, there are. This, this has been, I think, commonly said for all versions. But the loading, there are a couple more. The loading times are a little bit more significant than they were in the PS2 release. I think. Okay. Um, also, why that is. also, I find it really annoying and obnoxious that you still cannot skip fucking cutscenes. Yes. Yes. That seems like a like, big oversight. <laughs> like holy shit, who fucking designed this shit? It doesn't make because like I'm gonna get you do that It's gonna look ten times better than the original. Yes. Oh fuck. You can skip cutscenes in ten two. You could do that in the original release. Uh but you so that wasn't something they added, but they you would think it wouldn't be that hard to add a cutscene cutscene skip. I mean, they spent all this time changing the faces 
uh, which some to for better or worse, depending on who yeah, you ask. Yeah, they recreate the models. Yeah, they like recreated that. the models. They even changed the soundtrack. Again, some of the tracks I do like better, but you know, whenever you're going to change uh, a well-liked soundtrack, you're going to be met with resistance. Um, it's it, it, like, if 10-2, if they didn't let you skip cutscenes, then I can understand, but the fact that they put it in there shows that it's not an issue of like, well, we put all this work into this game, we don't want you skipping it. It's like, well, you kind of did that already in the first well, one. Well, so. it's like, I mean, like they, they, they did put a lot of work into the remaster, so it's, yeah, not, like they, this, it's not like this is just a cheap, uh, a totally cheap, you know, uh, cash, like cash in. Like they they put all this work into it. You would think they you would think they could do a cutscene skip, and I mean, that's just kind of modern game design. You should be able to skip cutscenes, especially if you've played it as many times. I'm sure you guys have already done it. So right, it's just I would not want to go sitting through some of those longer cutscenes again. Especially when one of the some of the tougher bosses in the game. Uh, <laughs> have, you know, a longish cutscene in front of them, so if you have to try it yeah, again, like, what's it called? watch it again. So, spoiler alert, uh, that first Seymour fight, uh, when you fight against Seymour in, what is it called? The Temple of Shit, I forgot the temple was called. The hell? Yeah. Temple of Shit? Uh, like, That's a totally different game. Like, yeah, there's a long cutscene where, it's like, there's a long part where you have to go into the room, figure out, like, you know, Seymour killed his fucking dad, or whatever shit, and then you walk into the temple... And for the longest time, I didn't realize there was a fucking save uh, save, uh, save point after you pass that cutscene in, in in the like atrium um, in the atrium after the first atrium foyer, whatever crap. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like what the fuck? Like holy shit! I can't believe that I have to go through this five minutes worth of cutscene again and again and again and again just because like. That battle was cheap. I remember that battle being cheap, so I can understand where you're coming from on that. Yeah. Like. Kind of a pain. I don't know. Like you had to beat his friends and then beat him. That was yeah. It was just a long fight. I'm like, fuck this. This is so dumb. Because I'm like, I remember. I'm like, I, don't, I forget how to beat this guy. I'm like, how the fuck do I beat this guy again? So I did that fight like three times, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is how you do it. Which is a lot longer than how it normally takes. But yeah, fuck. Not not them not putting skip cutscenes. Fuck them. That was my. That's your energy on that. That's my on that. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise a great bundle. Um, it made me realize that every single H D remaster needs to be on the fucking Vita. Like, I want to yeah, play just, Symphony on the Vita. Yeah, and I mean, I haven't played the Vita version, but I mean, I do play a lot of things on Vita. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm actually playing uh, Wild Arms on the Vita right now, uh, the PSP version. But, that uh, game, I love that soundtrack. Yeah. So good. But anyways, like, um, this isn't a this isn't a remaster change, but it's a it's an international edition change that I think actually improved the game. Uh, is in in Final Fantasy X, the original, is the expert sphere grid. Yes. One yes. one part about the uh, original Final Fantasy X is that for most of the game, uh, your characters are on like these pads on the sphere grid. Now they aren't as like one directional as like Final Fantasy XIII's Crystarium, but yeah, they're not totally far from it. Yeah, it's still pretty linear and yeah, it's, you can't really get lost or anything. You can't really experiment. But with the expert sphere grid, you pretty much can take any character, um, which is really can, nice. You can pretty much take any character and uh, put kind of take them however you want. Um, I mean, they kind of start in a certain position, and they, the, their original pads are still kind of there, but there's a lot more branching pads. So, in in original Final Fantasy X, Yuna is pretty much stuck with healing and summoning for a long portion of the game. Oh yeah. Uh, until you get holy. But now, if you wanted to, you could have her learn some of the basic, um, 
you can have her learn some of the basic like black magic skills, and of course she's efficient at them because there's only one magic set. So, and and that's just one example. Is you can kind of build characters a little bit more freedom there, and I think it helps a lot. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, like. I think that's one of the issues, like, people, like, a lot of people give praise to, like, the Sphere Grid system in comparison to, like, oh, it's so expansive, and, like, how you customize it, and, like, no, fuck you, dude, it's the same thing as the Crystarium system, stop. Or, not really, but, like, like it, it, it's in the same concept as, like, the Crystarium system. Like, like I would compare, like, that Exilia's, like, Lilium Orb is, like, much, gives you much more freedom than, what's it called, um... Standard Sphere Grid? No. Yeah, like... Mm-hmm. I guess, personally, where I'm coming from on that kind of stuff is that I'm not a fan of Kasterium or the Sphere Grid at all. It's like, I don't want to have to jump in and do this stuff. Especially because, like, with the Kasterium, it's completely linear, so it's like, oh, this illusion of control that you have over your... No, not really. You're not going to make them... You're not going to make, like, Lightning something other than what she's already at. You don't want to move them into a different class. It's like, I'm not going to be that great at it. I'm not going to make them, like, all these different things. I'm not going to make Hope into a fucking Sentinel. Why the fuck would I do that? Yeah, it's not. Why would you do that? You'll keep them the same way they are. You'll max them out. And then they're like, well, I'm good. It's like, I'm not going to mess with that. So I I had no real intention. And that's kind of like what I get from this, the expert sphere grid, too. It's like, it's trying to, like, provide that. Not going to understand, like, the basic, like, black magic. But, of course, eventually you're going to shoehorn them into making her a white mage, like, you know, or anything like that. It's, for me, it's like, I, I, I just appreciate just completely hands off, like, Mass Effect or anything like that. I go the auto route, because I was like, I don't really care. I mean, I could go in there and mess with it if I want to, but, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, like, I, 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 I understand your viewpoint. Like, you know, sometimes it's just nice to have the characters kind of have a more set role, you know, that you don't need to worry it's, about. It's because if I mess with it, it's, it's like, I'm, I'm going to be either, it's, I'm going to mess up on it, or that... It's like, well, they're pretending like I'm actually making a difference, and I just don't. And it, it ends do. up just being a waste of time, or like. Yeah, it's like, oh, now I want to re-roll everything because I apparently screwed up like all these set of time ago. So it's, it can be frustrating, but uh, I can understand like with the expert sphere grid how that seems obviously far better than the original, just because it's not shorn you in. But at the same even time, on your first time it's better. I would say even on your first time, it's yeah, is much better. Of course, people first going into sphere. Well. It depends, but um, I, I can see the appeal. Uh, personally speaking, though, it's that like I, I, if I was playing it, I would eventually just still stick with what they're good at, and I probably wouldn't move too far away, like deviate from that either. Yeah. Well, like for example, it's nice. Like in the original game, uh, you don't get the you don't get oh what's your name Riku uh, until later in the game to oh, yeah. use like stealing abilities. Although you can have in the in the original in the original game you have Kamari. Who yeah. is kind of allowed to go anywhere? So one thing that people sometimes like to do is to have him learn stealing abilities, so you have it earlier. But that's just like that's just one example. You can have anybody learn any skill relatively early, so it's it's just nice that you can kind of mix things up. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just a little bit of a, that freedom that I think I appreciate. But I can. Well, nice to have like a healing ability early, so you don't have to waste all your items or something. But yeah. So this is my fourth time playing through FF10. Did you guys ever find Riku ever useful? Like I. I for think her overdrive, she stayed in the back all the time for me. Her her mix ability for her overdrive, I think, oh, yeah. is really awesome. However, however, you need to get her overdrive bar up to do it, and that's you know it makes it. And it's not it's not too it's not too uh, what's the word I'm looking for accessible. Yeah. So 
it's like it's a really cool overdrive ability mixing these items and you can get like some really kind of broken combinations <laughs> uh like a mighty guard way before you can learn it or uh having everything do 9999 damage yeah um but it's just that you ha- it's it's not a totally accessible thing so it's because and you, it's not like you need it so you can kind of ignore it if you want but <laughs> and you can eventually work your other uh, characters out to be replacements anyway. So yeah. I mean, you can use it with some post-game stuff though, which is That's true. always nice. I've the other bosses, yeah. Mm. Want to find you and Leska? But yeah, I, for me, Riku was usually in the back though. I didn't use it too much myself. I primarily use Auron Kamari. Like yeah, Auron Kamari. I want to mention one thing about Final Fantasy X. I and this isn't really a Final Fantasy X criticism because this is actually true for most of the mainline series, I think random encounters in general are just too simple. So you really don't have much reason to experiment or um, try different things or use different characters. Yeah. You can kind of just f- find like a very simple strategy, like an attacker and a healer and a black mage, and pretty much go through the game that way. It's However, all the enemies are like Michios. That's what they are. Also with Final Fantasy X... And this is a big criticism of it. There's a lot of enemies that are just easily wiped out with a certain character, that rock, paper, scissors aspect of that's, it. It's, it's, they're all themed, and it's, uh, that's one thing I, I wasn't too fond yeah, of. So like, like, they you, all have, like, you have the flying guys, you have the fast ones, you have the armored yeah. ones. So it's just pretty easy to go through the battles. Now, there are some oh, enemies man, that buck so that... There are some enemies that buck that trend, like uh, the Chimera enemies or the Malboro enemies or the Monolith enemies. Um, but there's there not not all too many of them. However, one place where I think Final Fantasy X does shine more is in boss battles. Um, there's, in my opinion, actually several good ones nearing the end of the game with Seymour, yeah, uh, yeah. Ineska, there's the Spectral Keeper, um, and then in the post-game with the Arena. Um, and this is where actually I like the battle system, I think, shines as well. Because it's purely turn-based, it's a little bit more methodical, I think, where you can you know, take an action, and then you can maybe sit there for a moment, just think about, okay, I need to do this and this and this, maybe healing, maybe a status or right. a, a buff. And then you have that and bar to manage, yeah, like, like where you're going to end when, up. When is the enemy going to, when is the enemy going to move, and what, who, maybe I can switch someone in to do something, or summon, even, like, summon an Aeon, as, uh, a common strategy is to summon an Aeon before the enemy attacks to, as a, Kind of as a Shield. sacrifice. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so that, that's actually that. one thing I really did like about Final Fantasy X's battle system is this, because it's purely turn-based and not ATB. You can slow down if you want and kind of just it almost becomes more of a strategy game that way. However, that doesn't really help in the main game ever because it's just too darn simple. <laughs> but I do, but I do like it in the boss battles. So that was my comment. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, um, David, what did you happen to play this past month, though? I mean, we talked about Final Fantasy X, we talked about Dark Souls 2. What did you end up playing this month, besides Final Fantasy X? I played South Park, The Stick of Truth. So. How was that? I actually played about six, seven hours of that game, which is probably about half, is what they're saying, but how, how, how did you think of it? I, I loved it. I, I mean, I yeah. thought I thought it started out a little bit slow, but then it got... Really good though. How could we slow the first person you meet is Butters? Come on. Okay, <laughs> the best guy. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it, it's it's pretty. It's I think it's pretty hilarious the whole way through. Yeah. But like the 
the final few hours are just nonstop, like jaw on the floor awesomeness. <laughs> and and also jaw on the floor, like, holy shit, they really did that. Because, I mean, uh, South Park fans know that they kind of strive to be offensive, so. You mean, yeah, the they, uh, they got uh, pretty offensive by the end. It was it was great because like I've kind of watched South Park on off and on like a number of years so far like in the time I played it it was great how how many one off jokes there were like jokes that never saw they never showed them again but oh, there's like, a you, lot of callbacks yeah like there's, there's callbacks that South Park, have yeah. appeared once or si- not since season one yeah or, or like and pretty much every single song in the series <laughs> is now used as like background music and random stores and stuff. It, yep. And there, there's a callback to pretty much everything that's ever happened in the series. You can just go into people's closets and see, like, all the stuff, like Awesome-O and, and Cartman's closet. or Oh, yeah. They have, they have, like, you can find other things. Like, Chef Stones are playing, but then, like, you have, like, fake Elton John scene in the tune oh, in the yeah. background. It's, and it's, it's, they got all, yeah, all the quests or callbacks to, like, all these going back. And you can go around collecting Shin Pokemon. Yeah. And every time they... Uh, Every time they came back around, and like you heard the the demo, and it's all like it, that game was so much. Fun. I only played so much of it because all these other games came out, but I had a lot of fun with it from the time. Oh I played yeah, it's it. great. The gameplay I think isn't really that awesome. I mean, like I do, I do think the battle system is serviceable, but it's kind of basic and not really very well balanced. <laughs> it reminds me a lot about like Mario and Luigi, oh, yeah, like no, it's, it's timing based. It's like supposed to be Paper Mario ish, yes. but. It's first of all, it's way too easy. That's true. And like, there's only one there difficult. Tape. Are there at least difficulties? No. Was there? I don't yeah, think yeah, so. There are, but even on the hardest, there was only one. There was only one fight that gave me any trouble, and that was Al Gore. So. That yeah. Al Gore. From what I've, yeah, from what I played it, yeah, Al Gore, you, you did, and Man Bear Pig also makes an appearance. But yeah. that game, yeah, that game is very easy. Yeah, but, sure. but you know what? I'm perfectly fine with that because I kind yeah. of look at it as an interactive season of South Park more than like a game. It's it was great because it's like it's fake fantasy. So you're going around these worlds trying to fight these different boys, but then like like you like you're fighting homeless people because the mayor in town wants you to kind of get rid of them because they're making the town look bad. So you go yeah. around fighting all these homeless people and they're just trying to defend their territory. And just oh yeah. Trying to and you know it's just a bunch of boys dressed up like with. Like, okay, uh, we'll go around these, where you fight this boy, he's got, like, this bucket on his head and, like, a old, like, cape, like, raggedy uh, blanket around him. And then when he's in battle, when they're in battle, it becomes, like, a superhero. And when they get out of battle, it's like, well, they're back to being, like, this dumb little kid. Yeah. I mean, it does get less, like, fake in terms of... Oh, it does grow, yeah. How long do you... Oh, you, I guess you didn't get to... Ah, never mind, I'm not going to say I've heard. I haven't played on uh, past... Like, it's a little bit past the halfway point, but I've heard how that game gets. Well, so. Oh, okay. Well, the halfway point would still be when it gets less fake in terms it, of fighting. I, I'm just meaning as, like, start as the beginning of the game, but sure, that's... I, I just I just like how... Are, are you done with the first day? Let me ask you that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm done. Okay, I'm so, all right. But, yeah, it's, uh... Yeah, don't know where I was going with that, but, yeah, basically, it's gets less fake. <laughs> I, I, I think it's it, they did a great job. Obsidian did a great job. Oh with yeah, definitely. The, yeah, it's, it's so it's it's an amazing how it how well how pretty much seamless it is. 
yeah. with how South Park normally works. Like, you go from cutscenes that look exactly like they're from the show yeah. to playing it, and there's not even, like, you can't even tell that there's any I, difference. I mean, I played the PS3 version, first of all, yeah. so there were some technical problems, but... Okay. I, I played the PC version. There was none of that. I've heard that that's pretty much the PS3 version is the one that's got hit by technical issues, but yeah. uh, Alex, who reviewed the, site, the game for the site, um, also said the same thing. He played the different versions, and he also came away saying that if you want to play it, play the PC version. I had a kind of a crappy computer um, a couple weeks ago when I started playing, and it ran just fine. So yeah. if you have a choice, get that one. Yeah. But it, 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 it's great for even people who aren't big South Park fans because it's generally funny, like genuinely funny to play and to enjoy. So oh, yeah. it's, it's so a lot of games fail miserably at doing comedy. Like they try oh, to be yeah. funny and they end up just completely blowing it. But this, I felt like this one is, it just felt fun and enjoyable I, and very funny. I think I'd probably call it the best licensed game of all time. Really? Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I can't, I'm trying to think about all the different ones that could I mean, be. I'd I mean, say, yeah. the, the only licensed games that, like, like, licensed games used to be good back when, like, Cat I, was, I don't know what, them. Star Wars got some pretty good games, but... Okay, I guess I guess Star Wars did, but even even then, and I don't know. I, even Rogue Squadron, I'll always know. Well, but, I, I, uh, guess, I guess there's, there's like, Batman games and stuff. Lego, but it's, as far as, like, RPGs go... Oh, yeah. I... I, I you can obviously put it in Old Republic, but it's a, I would it's say South this Park is game. Yeah, it's I would say as far yeah, definitely. Definitely better than one of the best. One of the best, I would say so. Four one. People people make jab at it that it's only twelve hours long. But it's really that it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's it's it does it's not full of fluff because it's like it has to be twenty hours or more if it's an RPG. It's like a lot of some of the best RPGs were less than twenty oh. hours. Like Chrono Trigger, you can be like an eighteen hours. I was perfectly satisfied with the length. It's great. Uh, me too. I, I uh, so far, I felt like what I've played so far, I feel like it's it's been nonstop fun. So yeah, it's it's a pretty great game. And once you get to a certain place, you're you're gonna be you're gonna love it. Cause how how long would you say the game is roughly? Twelve to fifteen hours or something. Hours. Okay. That's what they've been saying. Yeah. But it's, it's, I think we need more. Uh, I'm okay with games like that. It's like, it doesn't need to be 40, yeah, 50 hours. Fine. I'm fine yeah, with both. I think that's the problem. Like, Persona 4, I love, but like 20, I could do, I could do without like half of that game was, I could go. <laughs> really? Without. I thought, I thought like it was good, perfectly good for like playing chunks at a time. So I, I perfectly enjoyed it. I was fine with the length of Persona 4 as well. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of Persona 4's, uh, uh, game time is, more dialogue than anything. <laughs> yeah, probably. If, if yeah. All, the, all the social link and stuff like but that. I'm, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, you know, there's a lot of it that it's very, uh, I assume, very visual novel-esque. I've never played a visual novel, but <laughs> you're reading and or listening to a... Not, they're not really cutscenes. It's an RPG. But, but. Right. Well, I mean, even more so than most. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying there's no gameplay. It's just there's a lot of dialogue. <laughs> that's basically yeah, what I'm I, saying. I, I felt like there was, there was a lot. I thought there was a lot of fluff in that game, but it's I'm not saying it was like bad because of it. I'm just saying like it's it's just giving an example of like this game's like the 60, first, 70 hours long, but it's like the first. I mean, the first like what is it called? The first I would say two hours are just pure dialogue, right? Like, is it yeah. just two hours exaggerating? No, no, because they got the the mist, the tutorial, and then you got like the first days at school, and right. then trying to find out the mystery behind the school. Yeah, yeah, so, that was definitely fluff. Yeah, that was definitely that was long. Like, it was it was hellishly long. Like, yeah, 
It was worse than Kingdom Hearts 2. They're both pretty. Callback. People always make fun of that all the time. But Speaking of Persona 4, it showed up in an ESRB rating for a PlayStation 3 release. It's crazy how long it took for that game to be put on PS4. Would you guys really want a PlayStation 4 release, uh, Persona 4, instead of a Persona 3? Like, in all honesty. I would still just play the beta version. I would not touch that stuff necessarily anymore. I would want, I would want Persona just, 3, like, remastered. Persona 4 Golden remastered, maybe? And I think it would fit along perfectly, considering Persona 3 is airing in theaters as, like, a series of movies. So, like... Persona, 4, Persona 3 Portable HD version. Yeah, I can't play, like, okay, so actually, I've been meaning to ask, so you said you're playing Wild Arms on, the, on your Vita right now, right? Right, Adam? Wild, Wild Arms XF, which is the SRPG, it's different from the rest of the Wild Arms games. Right, yeah, right. But, so that, but it's, it was originally for the PSP, though, right? Right, it's a PSP game, but right. digital version. Um, how How is the resolution on that? Because I'm actually curious. It's, I, I don't know if it upscales it. Uh, somehow, uh, but it's, I mean, it's pretty obvious when it's not a Vita game and it's a PSP game. Because uh, I can't play Tactics because because of how bad its resolution is. Is it as uh, like, bad oh, as that? I think, I think it looks great. great. I think the sprites look great, actually, okay. in Wild Arms. Some of the, some of the, like, the, um, the, 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 the cutscene part of it, it's, you know, typical, like, you have, like, a 2D art with text box. Um, right. That part, you can tell it's not the best resolution there, but I think the sprites actually look fine. And I actually, I kind of like how they're, uh, they're not, like, super clean like, or super smooth sprites. They're actually, you can, you can like, they're, they're, they have a little bit more of that. When I showed them to, uh, when I showed them to my brother who uh, was watching me play, he's like, wow, they kind of look like good GBA sprites. Like, yeah, that's kind, <laughs> of, that's, you know, that's kind of a good way to put it. And he meant yeah, that. I, lo- I love GBA sprites, so. <laughs> like, it would, you know, some, like, like with, the re- with the recent Final Fantasy, like, mobile releases, like, those sprites... They're high resolution, but a lot of them have like this weird like filter or smoothening. Yeah, and they don't. Right. They don't. They don't look like that, which is good in my book. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So, okay. anyways, I, I, yeah, Wild Arms. I think it, it's definitely not as high resolution as Persona 4 Golden or anything in terms of like the UI and whatnot. But I still think it looks really good. It's good. Awesome. I'm not very far. Not very far into the game, but it seems to be a decently enjoyable SRPG. Now, I don't like. I'm the outlier. I do not enjoy War of the Lions. Is it is it more like War of the Lions? Is it like is it sort of like this guy? Like what is like what is XF like? Wait, what? War of the first of all, why don't you like War of the Lions? I mean, like I, I just I had terrible frame rate issues. I have never been able to play War of the Lions myself, and I love Tactics. Is my favorite Final Fantasy game. So I just I just don't enjoy it. I don't think it's a very fun game. It's much too slow for my taste. Do you do you mean Final Fantasy Tactics in general, or specific something specifically about War of the Lions? Something specifically about War of the Lions because I enjoyed Advance. Cutscenes. I don't. I don't know. But something about War of the Lions. You Wait, you said Advance. You said Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. You like, but not. I well, I mean, I enjoyed it so more than I did War of the Lions. So you're talking about the original tactics you're not a fan of, but the advanced versions you are. Is that it? Because War of the Lions, the only difference is, like, the cutscenes. There's a couple of new characters. Well, there's there's dialogue differences, too. Well, they got Final Fantasy. War of the Lions has a new translation. um, I actually didn't like the new translation that much. It's it's not a new translation. Yeah, it's the original, what it was meant to be like, that the people originally westernized it to hell to make it sound... American. Tis your, tis your faith that wronged you, not I. <laughs> I, I love. Rather, rather than blame yourself for God. <laughs> I like blame yourself for God better. 
I like the the new one a lot more actually personally, but just because it it, it feels well, I, I keep going back to this word genuine, but I like I like it a lot more. I love I, I love Alexander o. Smith translations. Uh, so, uh, but anyways, we kind of got a little bit off topic, I guess. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm so I'm currently playing Wild Arms XF kind of while I play the Final Fantasy remasters. Um, it's a little bit basic so far. There's only five classes besides uh, besides some like uh, unique classes for like the main character. So uh-huh. I don't I don't know if you get more, but you know if it, right now just with five classes, there's like the ma- there's like the physical class. There's only one. The magic class is only one. Then there's like the item user class, and then there's like the stat there's like the stat increaser class, and that's uh, is there another one? I think that's actually it. There's only four standard classes, so it kind of feels a little bit bare bones in that regard. So I hope there's more that I unlock. But right now, I just right now it's like I wish this was a little bit more complex, but I'm yeah. still pretty early. <laughs> so, but it's the first Wild Arms game with the job system, so the only Wild Arms game with the job so system. So is it is it more like a, so I'm still like having a hard. Is this is it like Fire Emblem or is oh. it more like? This guy, like um, no, it's actually most. It's actually most like probably Final Fantasy Tactics, um, Advance, I guess. Okay. Uh, most like that. So you have a job system. Uh, it it right. kind of looks like it. Um, instead of a instead of a square square grid, um, you have it's a it's a hexagonal grid, um, which is actually kind of similar to Wild Arms Four and Five. Okay. So that means, so instead of having a character and being able to attack them from four different places that are adjacent to them, there is actually six different places adjacent to them. Okay. So it's got that type of grid, but it's um, otherwise it plays a lot like Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, um, except there's no like laws or anything, and uh, it doesn't. Um, your facing doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter if you. So you can't get hit by behind. Or something. Okay. Yeah, that's basic. really basic. Yeah, it's it's pretty basic. Um, but it on unlike I, I'm trying to remember tactics now. It does have you know a, your main job, and then you can equip skills from any other job if you've learned them. Okay. So, so that seems to be like a little different. Five. So like if you can have your skills from your main job, and then if you've learned skills from other jobs, you can equip them, and you're not limited to how many. I mean, you are limited in skills, but Unlike, you know, some job systems where you have your main job and a sub job, it's it's you have your you have your main job and then any other skills that you've learned, you can equip them as long as you have enough slots for it. Right. So, okay. All right. So it, that's that's a little bit different, I guess. But I'm still pretty early, so I, I'm not expecting it to be super, you know, complex or deep at this point. But if it doesn't get any more, so then I might be disappointed. Okay. How old does, is it, how old is this game? Do you know when when it came out? Two thousand eight. Oh wow, yeah. that's not that. Not that's that the last Wild Arms game. Yeah. It hasn't, they haven't made a new one since then. So. Uh, Z-Boyd Games, the creators of uh, uh, Cthulhu, Cosmic Star Heroine, and they're making Cosmic Star Heroine. Their April Fool's joke this year was that they were they were making uh, untamed armaments, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, which is like a spoof of Wild Arms. Uh, so yeah, uh, playing with our emotions like this. <laughs> He's been talking, like, obviously he's a big Fantasy Star fan, too, so it's like, he's always like, I want to, maybe if I bought the rights to Wild Arms, they would let me make a new one. So he's been talking about it for a while. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, you were you're talking about Wild Arms. I played Valkyria Chronicles 3, so that's a PSP game by Vita, and I thought they it looks really good, too. Uh, so I understand where you're coming from. Is it better than 2? Valkyria Chronicles... I never played 2. I played 1 and 3, okay. so I, I haven't played 2 yet. Zach, before you get started, I have a question. Cause this is I'm not really getting started. I was just going to comment on that. Oh. But yeah. <laughs> okay, well, in Valkyria Chronicles 2, in order to change class, you have to get a certificate to change class. Now, how do you get the certificate? It's totally random, and that pissed me off. So if you wanted to change a class uh, or to upgrade a class, you had to get a certificate as like a random... You don't need to do that in three. No, that, no, it's, it's, okay, in three, it's really good. like either <laughs> or a new... ten times better about this game. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's either that, of course, they introduce a new character that's like that class, or that you buy a weapon that unlocks that class. Like, oh, if you, do you want like the the machine gun or whatever, like, you just have to buy that weapon and you could go ahead and go to the guy who trains you and then change their class to that, and that's fine. Uh, I didn't do that too much where I was changing classes just because if I tried it, I always felt like, well, I'm losing a lot of stats if I do it this way. <laughs> I only did it a couple times where I changed one person to a, um, from a, um, a scout to a, um, a sniper just because it was like, I have, I have way too many of these guys. I need to make new ones. Uh, so... I didn't. It definitely does not. You don't need certificates or anything like that. No. That makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, and playing. Not, not, I'm not going to talk too much about Valkyria Chronicles Three. I, I beat it in February. Um, but when I first started playing that game, I was kind of turned off by the fact that in one you could pretty much choose whatever you want as your army, like your little squad there. Like you would, you would go in. It'd be kind of randomized, and you can choose the people that you want on your squad. In this game, they come into the story like they just kind of either they're already there, like you have your like eight or nine people, I forget. Um, but then uh, over the course of the story, they just get introduced and kind of added into your story. Right. Um, it wasn't until I thought about it later that I was like, <clears throat> no, this actually tells lets them tell a much more tighter knit story. It's a lot more linear, and that helps because they can make you care more about these characters because they're there, they're already woven into the story, they don't have to kind of play around with like, well, maybe they have this guy on their team, maybe they don't, so it's kind of hard to make you care about them because the, the developers themselves don't know who you chose. That, that actually kind of reminds me of uh, some of the earlier, not by earlier, I mean like the, some of the Game Boy Advance Fire Emblem games, uh, yeah. where like the story is kind of like always about the three lord or main characters and then you have yeah, all these yeah, other yeah. characters that are, never show up because you know as far as for as much as the story knows they're dead <laughs> so, that's the thing it's like it's also what i get from like uh, the strategy games like the sky it's like some of my favorite characters in strategy rpgs or testicle rpgs are the ones that either you made or that you kind of got later on and you're like well, I'm doing really good with this guy, so I'm like putting all my focus on this person, uh, but they're not in any of the cutscenes or anything like that. So it's like, oh man, I wish they were. It's it's pretty much kind of like the the problem with some of those what? types of games is what? like the story sometimes can fall apart. Okay, uh, another question to kind of follow that up. Yeah. In in the actual gameplay, can a kind of a recruited character be just as effective as any other character? Oh, definitely. I've I've had some of my best. Uh, it's it. We're not really. They're not necessarily recruited, uh, I guess, 
the story adds them in. But the the guy, the character I told you that I changed from a uh, scout to a sniper, she was pretty much one shot in everything. Like she had some of the best accuracy because I built her up kind of like that, just like giving her the weapons that you would find off of um, the special enemies that you fought around the. I forget what they're called. You probably know the term for them, but the ones that you would find that are specially named characters that you would kill and then get their weapons off of them. Um, aces. And so, aces. Yeah, aces. Yeah, that was it. Um, so, like, I, they were, that one person was highly effective, like, even, like, towards the end of the game where the game, the battles got really tough, like, I was beating them out, and they were just clearing house, and so it's, it's kind of like the other Valkyrie Chronicles games, it's how you equip them, um, you can make them even more effective than the main characters, although, obviously, um, in this game, at least, I, I I'm, I'm blanking on if it's the case of the other ones, they keep a running t- tally of, like, the number of people you've killed and stuff like that, and so, That's like, you see, like, thousands and <laughs> a bunch of mass murderers on my squad, like, killing thousands of soldiers and stuff. I think was, Valkyria Chronicles 2 did that, I think. They, they did yeah, keep yeah. tallies, yeah. And then they, they ranked up on their own, so it's not like you... I mean, you would go in to the training guy and then, like, raise their defense and attack and evasion, but... Um, or stuff like that. But then the only issue with that is that... So you can raise the defense against tanks or their attack against tanks. But the game would do it so that the enemies would also level up over the course of the game accordingly. So that way, it's like, if you put your evasion way too high, their evasion would would pretty high as well. So it's always this back and forth. But um, the more people you killed in Valkyrie Chronicles 3, your ranks would go up, you'd become a veteran and all that. And then you would it would basically incentivize you to change classes. Um, the also thing about Valkyrie Chronicles 3, which wasn't in the first one, was that there's sort of this love interest kind of thing where it's actually a kind of a triangle, a little bit, not kind of, but... I can uh, already so you, tell I'm going to hate wait. this. Well, the, it's, it's, the first, it's a lot, game, the first yeah. game had a, a romance, which I actually think is one of the better romances in, in games. Definitely. Uh, Alicia, it wasn't yeah. any crappy love triangle. No, it's, it's not quite there a was, triangle. There was in the anime. There was in it's, the anime. Yeah, it was in the uh, anime. God. But, <laughs> but it's, it's not like that here. There's no conflict between them. Like, there's no, like, triangle in that they hate each other because they're getting, you, the, the main guy is getting between them. A few things is that all three characters, hell, the whole story is extremely well-developed. Even if this was a fan translation I was playing, all the characters were developed so damn well in that game. And, the, like, the main character, he was so reliable. Like, you could believe that he was the leader in the squad. And then you have Inca um, as the uh, kind of the... Um, like her town got destroyed and stuff. It's 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 all about this uh, the stories themselves. But it nev- none of the cutscenes showed it where that was coming between them the romance. It was mostly the all the other stuff that was going on, like the war, of course, happening um, that got between them. It was never the romance itself. So the way it would happen is that um, in this game anyway, uh, because it's on a portable. Uh, there's no, there's, there was like this map, instead of having like a storybook kind of thing where you'd flip the page and go to the next mission or whatever, and this, it's like you're on this map, and then you would either do one of these side quests or continue on this set path, and then sometimes those paths would diverge um, to be different. If you want to go up in the mountains or you want to go down on this valley, but in this case, it'd be like, do you want to go with this girl and see her cutscene or go with this other girl and, and see her cutscene? <laughs> this is, like, totally a dating game. What the hell? It, it's kind of, but it's the oh, thing God. is, like, I don't know how big it affected the story because it would, it would still show you developing that relationship with that person. Like, on the beach, do you want to see this girl in a swimsuit or this? No, oh, it's, it's, 
but this is actually it was actually kind of nice um, because the well let me explain but anyway <laughs> the characters like so this one Inca for example she puts up a big front like she's very like you know she doesn't want to let anybody pry into her personal life at all so she's very like cold and things like that that kind of feeling where they they don't want she's fight. actually a big softy wait is she the dark sin by the way or what's it called yeah yeah yep, dark yep. uh the she is so that's she's the um pretty much one of the the probably the best care best the uh, lancer in the game um the ones that carry the big anti-tank guns uh so yeah she's she's a softy but at the same time it's like she's seen some real shit so it's like you could understand where she was coming from but um Throughout the game, though, it's like even at the end of the in the story, it's that um, the the cutscenes were interesting enough, and then at the end of the game, the way things resolved, I I went with Inca just because I'm talking about her a lot, but that's that's the person I chose to go with throughout the story, at least my first playthrough. And that game, I played for like 60 hours. That game is kind of long, um, and I was doing the side missions and stuff, but not getting too far off track. And it was great. I loved it. Uh, the story was great. The the romance angle was actually well done. It's not like cra- uh, cheap Moe stuff where it's, you know, they get overly into it and cutesy about it. It was, it was like, it felt like it was a adult romance and that's what I kind of liked about it. It's like these characters, if, they if felt it's more like good. the romance in Valkyrie Chronicles 1, I'll yeah. be fine with it. It is. Yeah. It's like that, but two of them. So it felt better. <laughs> and you can <laughs> choose these cutscenes. And so it's like, it's, it felt like it's uh, just like the first one. Yeah, I also, I also hope that it, I, I'll probably get to it eventually. Valkyrie Chronicles Three. I hope it's. Uh, I mean, I like some of the ideas presented in Valkyrie Chronicles Two. Like, I actually kind of like some of the segmented maps. There's like another. The maps are bigger. In yeah, this I, one. I know that they're bigger. But also Valkyrie. I guess my main point was Valkyrie Chronicles Two had a, added a lot of grinding. Like there were lots and lots and lots and lots of things to buy. Um, in terms of like uh, armor weapons and things like that, almost huh. so many that you practically needed to do a, a number of extra battles to get them. So it mm-hmm. kind of added this like uh, grinding farming. aspect to it. Yeah, farming, um, which I guess is you know it's like oh it's a portable game and I guess sometimes you think it's more appropriate. I don't know, but like I, I hope it doesn't have as much as Valkyrie Chronicles Two did. No, it it really doesn't for the most part. Like with the tank. You know, a, l- a tiny bit, but that's just how the tanks were always were. Like you would want to change your um, the uh, the um, the gun itself. You would change the armor and stuff like that. I mean, the at least I don't know if this was in two. I'm glad they removed the whole tread damage, which was annoying as hell. Like if you if you tread took much damage, you would move very slowly, and then it would be that your turn was over pretty much as soon as it started. Um, at least with this though, it's like for the most part for all the characters. Either I changed them to an ace weapon and that was it for the for a long time because the weapons themselves didn't change much from upgrades, or I would change the grenade and the outfit that they wore. But that's pretty much it. Like I I always had a ton of money, so I never like was without much. I, but then like I said, I was doing the side missions, but those were quick, and some of them you wanted to do it like do the side mission and then mortars won't be fired on your squad when you're trying to fight in this the main story battle. It's like oh okay I'll do that. So. By the end of that game, I had a ton of money. I had a ton of experience. I was never at a point where I needed to grind anything. It was more that I felt like I could, I should do it just because um, later, I always felt like later, maybe it'll be kind of tough, but it's it never really got to that point. Even in the last battle, I was like, I, I don't really have anything else to spend my money on, so I guess I'm okay. 
Um, maybe when you're leveling stuff, but even the main story missions, um, you got a lot of return out of that, so it yeah. didn't feel like you needed to necessarily do it. I just did it because the game was so much fun, I wanted to do it. So. I mean, that's kind of always the thing, you know. Yeah. Grinding is sometimes actually really enjoyable, like seeing yeah. the characters get better and getting more things yeah. if it's fun yeah. to play. But if it's, it's, you know, it's a fine balance of if it becomes a chore, then it's, you know, that's when it's not so enjoyable. Yeah, I love grinding, but not when it's, like, forcing me to do it. Like, I, I want to do it because I like to see my characters powerful. Oh, you're going to make me do this before I have to get to a certain level before you let me advance. Like, no, nah, it's, no. I, 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 I flake my way through most RPGs. I don't need you to tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's, if you ever seen my Final Fantasy VII run, that was me flaking my way through it because I was that I was up for like 36 hours playing that game. So I was like, at the end, I was like, let's fight Sephiroth. Like, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> Just, I remember but, when I first fought, played Final Fantasy VII, I didn't do any of the extra stuff. So like my Sephiroth yeah. battle took like hours. Like I'm sure he's probably like a piece of cake if you bother to do any of the side quests. But oh like, yeah, I, mean, I, had, I had Cure Two, but at that point, like just Cure Two. <laughs> You go straight to him, and it, like, if the battle takes hours, and he keeps doing that ultimate attack where... Working planets collide. Yeah, it is, it's like you have to sit through that every time. It's just like... Everyone, he's turning everyone into frogs, like, son of a bitch, stop it. I was very adamant when I was playing FF7, I need to have fucking Vincent in my party. Like, I need to have Vincent. Oh, and he wasn't even that Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, but, like, in, in boss fights, long boss fights in, in particular are annoying, because you can't control Vincent when he goes in a limit. No. You yeah, can't. Sure. You can't. So you always have one gimmicked person in your fucking party. You're like, well, shit, fuck. I need it's, to use limit. <laughs> I can't just regular attack. It's always Cloud, uh, Tifa, and Catseeth was always my three. Because Catseeth, when he uses his um, slot machine, I forget what it's called, but the limit, it's, it always helped out. And it worked out very well in my battle, so I always went with that group. And the death blows with uh, Tifa were always amazing, so. Anyways... Yeah, other than that, other than a, there was a couple other announcements. We'll kind of quickly get through those. Natural Doctrine is announced that Nisa, and I, and Nisa or Nis America, Nibonichi America, uh, they are localizing Natural Doctrine, the strategy RPG, which is a lot like Valkyrie Chronicles, apparently. It comes out... Um, this week. This week, Japan. like yeah. Friday, yeah? yeah. Um, so Thursday. we'll see how that goes. But yeah, Oh, Thursday, yeah, so a couple of days. So we'll see how that is. Um, then, what else was there? Just... Quickly running through, I mean, they announced the new Atelier game, uh, Atelier Shally, which is coming out very that, soon, too. I'd be surprised if that's not brought over, because no, every, every game in the series has been brought over recently. They've been talking about bringing that. Shock. Like, I'm surprised. Like, if they haven't skipped a single beat, like, we need to re- localize every single game. Yeah, and they made up their for the fact that Atelier Isha didn't have any, a Japanese track with, you know, Eskenology, which had one. So they're turning things around, and it's like, you, you were kind of bummed out that Gus was bought by them, but then after they've been doing this, it's like, oh, okay, you guys are actually doing a pretty good job. Up, yeah. Please. And Taylor Shally looks amazing. Like, the character models look great. They look exactly like their concept art. So it's And it's a PS2 game still, so it's it's great. Um, what else? Kingdom of Fire 2, they're still talking about. I'm going through the site right now trying to see what else. Alice, Alice got a new logo, which, yeah. Yeah, Alice got them, which looks like shit now. It's very straight lines. I don't like, like, I don't like how the T, the T in the logo is so squished. It's like very thin. <laughs> That's a very specific place. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> Anyways, uh, in, so, in, the, in the upcoming months, uh, I mean, some of the big RPGs of the 
spring have already hit. In the, in the upcoming months, there's a lot of Vita love for us. Yeah, Odyssey. we'll have we'll have reviews for um, Ragnarok Odyssey Ace I'm playing now. Demon Gaze will have, um, we'll surely have, uh, hopefully we'll get something for Conception too. What are you guys co- what are you guys copying for the upcoming couple months though? I'm excited uh, for, let's see. I don't think there's anything coming out for the remainder of Q2 that excite me. Not a Jack and Guard 3 fan? Uh, I'm not excited. I'll play it, but I'm not excited for it. <laughs> I'm not I'm not as familiar with Dragon Guard. What I was getting at, yeah, for like Vita games, the ones I had in mind are Conception 2, which yeah. it's coming out on 3DS as well, but um, seems to be better on Vita uh, in terms of performance. Then there's Demon Gaze, which I uh, I know I posted some news on it. I'm not totally familiar with, you know, the reception of that game and how fun it's supposed to be or not. Uh but anyways, that's coming out as well, which will be an interesting try. And then there's also Mind Zero from Axis later, uh, which is kind of like yeah. it looks like a Persona ripoff. It's pretty, uh, it's, the art looks awesome, by the way. The art it does look good. awesome. Apparently, it plays quite a bit different than Persona. Uh, it's not like a, a press turn like system like Persona has, but we'll see. So there's a couple of games to try out. A little something seems like slightly different types of dungeon calling type games usually, typically. So. Yeah, I wonder. I'm trying to think about what else is coming out. I mean, um, I think Sacred Three is coming out. They announced that for August, though. So that's not that's sci-fi fantasy RPG. You don't see too many of those. Um, what else is? I don't think there's much. Uh, there's not much else coming out, but there's a bunch of indie games coming out too. Um, coming this summer anyway. Like Hyperlight Drifter is supposed to be out uh, for the Vita too, and that game looks looks great. Um, but then, well, it's it's still obviously they keep announcing these games too, and you got some other titles coming out. Like uh, not just the Vita though. Like um, coming out for the 3DS. We know like Persona that, Q so. is coming sometime this year. Yeah, we know. We it's it's what June in. Japan or is it July? It's sometime this it's summer. June in Japan. It's June in Japan, yeah. And considering some of the other, or let's just go with Shin Megami Tensei 4, which was their most recent 3DS release, that only had like a two-month turnaround for the localization, so Persona Q might be similar, at least yeah. at least for the United States. <laughs> they say, well, it's because, uh, as I mentioned before, is that with Shin Megami Tensei 4 is that they worked side-by-side with the Japanese um, side to release that game here, so they were pretty much turned around very quickly, so... It's great to see that they're doing that. And it's great that they pretty much announced all of them were coming here, all the Persona games. So yep. that was always really good news. You know? um, yeah, it's and uh, apparently, um, God, what's that game called? I'm already blanking on it. The card game. I'm trying to remember what it's called. Monster Mon Piece? Yeah. yeah, Monster Mon Piece. That's supposed to be coming out very soon for the Vita. And I'm, uh, we'll Isn't be covering that. Isn't that the that one game. that got super censored? Like, yes. No, it's kind of, they did censor a number of the cards, but... I know, I know you're disappointed, Zach. It's okay. I'm not. No, it's, it's, I think it's funny how some people are, but that's just how some people tend to be. Some of those cards, the problem with, and I think I've probably touched about this before, is that when they're trying to submit something to the SRB, it costs them thousands of dollars to do it, and if they have to keep going back and back and back to it, it's like, how do you expect people to localize games if they're going to have to put up with those expenses as well? Sure, it's so, like why they took out the middle finger in Tales of Exilia. Hey, what? They did? I haven't heard about <laughs> that. We talk, I think we talked about this uh, when Xilio came out. I think David was the one who wrote it up? I forget. But yeah, Augury yeah, flips... I, don't remember. I didn't know about this at all. Augury flips, Augury flips uh, Leo. Oh, we did talk about point. this, yeah. yeah. 
the crazy girl with the yeah flips flips Leia off in the Japanese one apparently doesn't do that in uh, really yeah <laughs> so. what a weird thing to take out um, but obviously we got like a big list of RPGs coming out this year and they keep announcing more of them so it's it's very exciting um, but what, like what I said it's like this month's been really busy. Uh, we'll have a ton of new content up on the site very soon, a new more reviews and things like that. So yeah. keep checking back. I need, to, uh, I need to catch up on some of the releases that have come out. Oh, my gosh. I, yeah. still, I, I, I still plan on playing light, on Lightning Returns. I know it's gotten some criticism, but I want to try it out. I, I plan on playing it sometime eventually, too, myself, because I have to still get through 13, though. But definitely, um, Blackrock, <laughs> I keep saying I'm going to review Blackrock Shooter, but that, that'll be on the site hopefully like in a week. But... Um, yeah, other than that, uh, like I said, a ton of content on the site. We have a lot of stuff planned. Just the road to E3 is coming up. It's very soon. Apparently, there's going to be some pretty huge announcements at the show itself. I've been, been hearing some things about it myself. So with that in mind, uh, I'd like to thank everyone for joining me today. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, David. Yeah, always a pleasure to drop out bombs for you. No yeah. problem. Keeping it up. All right. So, uh, But for that... Um, we're going to end it today on this April 1st edition of the TetraCast. Thanks a lot for coming, everyone. Uh, catch you next time. Bye, Bye-bye. everyone. Happy April 4th.